Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, man, you better hook it up and wake it up with us each and every morning, five hours a day, five days a week here on uh, Hook It Up. Hook them up with Ian Rod B., your only local morning sports conversation in Austin, Texas, but it's really the only one you need. We've got you covered talking all things Texas football, Cowboys in Texas and the NFL, Rangers and Diamondbacks in the World Series. And the uh, NFL starts tonight with uh, a local product, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks at Buffalo play the uh, enigmatic Bills. Bills are kind of a weird team, Rod. Four and three that sometimes they look like the best team in the league and sometimes they lose to New England. That's exactly right. They can beat anybody on any given Sunday, but also they can lose to like half the league on any given Sunday. And honestly, that's most of the NFL. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it is. That's, uh, that's the way the NFL. Well, I mean, basically, it. after San Fran lost two weeks in a row, that changed everything. San Fran can't stay healthy. If they can't stay healthy, they're beatable. Uh, it is an odd deal, man. Like like Josh Allen owns losses this year to Mac Jones and it's about Jen, pitching Mac Jones and what what what's Zach Wilson? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but he's been where they beat the Dolphins. He had a meltdown at just what we had three interceptions in that game. Yeah, to the same guy. Yeah, to, to the same dude. Don't same, forget that. I mean, and the, the Patriots. Patriots last week. I mean, the, they're talking about tanking and Bill Belichick and what's going on, and they uh, they up and beat him. Yeah, you can't figure out this Buffalo team, but you get to see them tonight against Tampa Bay, who are probably overachieving at this point in the, in the NFC South. Short week. Thursdays uh, are always ugly. Yeah, that game will be in Buffalo tonight, mm-hmm. Orchard Park. Uh, so we'll get to that. Rod has a rant coming up. I got a bit of a rant myself. We'll also get to Gene Watson, bottom of the hour, our baseball insider. Nice. Gene's in Chicago. He's got some big high-level meetings this morning, but he's going to join us to talk about the World Series. Of course, he grew up his first job in baseball, I believe, Rod, as far as professionally, was in the clubhouse of the Texas Rangers. He was, is that real? Is that true? He was oh, a clubhouse I didn't know guy, that. Uh, way back in the day, and nice. he is. Uh, so is he? He's a Ranger fan. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Big time. <laughs> I want to call now, him. He, he, he wasn't. He, you know, he's All close right. with you know. And we'll ask, also ask about the Astros and Dusty Baker and what's to come. Uh, so we'll talk to Gino this uh, bottom of the hour. We'll also get to nice. uh, some bullish or BS before the end of the hour. So we're loaded today, as usual. Let's get to the headlines, though. It includes a uh, big get for the Longhorns. They haven't even played a game. You know, their game's not until Saturday, but they got a big win yesterday. Headlines, top stories, brought to you by Top Gun. Rentals and lot of equipment. We start with the Longhorns. Yeah, the seventh-ranked Horns continue their prep for Saturday's showdown in the Big 12 with BYU, their first home game in a month. But yesterday, Steve Sarkeesian and company scored a huge win on the recruiting trail. Five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo committed to the Longhorns. A lot of folks in the recruiting industry thought Missouri was the front runner for this commitment. Instead, the Longhorns land the 6'2", 205-pound receiver, one of the top playmakers in the country for the class of 2024. Chose Texas, we mentioned, over Missouri and Michigan. Becomes the third five-star commitment to the 19-player class so far. Joining Duncanville edge rusher Colin Simmons, left tackle Brandon Baker from modern day out in California. He's a big-time receiver out of St. Louis, Missouri. In the NBA, Luka Doncic 
the star of the show last night, spoiling Victor Wenmanyama's uh, rookie debut. Lucas scored 33 points, grabbed 14 rebounds, and shot 11 at 10 assists, and uh, was the main catalyst for an 8-0 run to finish the game as the Mavs beat the Spurs in San Antonio 126-119 last night. Uh, as for Victor Wenmanyama, in foul trouble most of the night, did score 15 points, nine of them in the fourth quarter. Snagged five boards, had a couple assists, and turned the ball over five times in the game. Also, last night, not an auspicious debut for the Rockets. They opened their season in Orlando, got crushed 116-86. NFL, as we mentioned, week eight kicks off tonight in Buffalo. The 4-3 and three Bills hosting Baker Mayfield and the 3-3 three three Buccaneers of Tampa. Yesterday, word out of San Francisco, the 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy has entered the league's concussion protocol. According to reports from TheAthletic.com, Purdy began feeling concussion-like symptoms on the plane ride home from the Niners' Monday night game in Minnesota that they lost. Uh, when he suffered the injury is unclear. Looks like Sam Darnold will get the majority of the first-team reps this week and may start their game against Cincinnati on Sunday in San Fran. In Cleveland, while Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski confirmed yesterday that P.J. Walker will get the start for his team against the uh, Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Deshaun Watson, again, did not practice. Uh, he will remain out while rehabbing a shoulder injury. Uh, Houston Astros is scheduled a press conference for 11 a.m. this morning. It's expected and uh, almost known now that Dusty Baker will announce his retirement. Team owner Jim Crane, general manager Dana Brown will be in attendance to uh, say goodbye to the 74-year-old manager. He'll finish in his managerial career with 2,183 wins all-time, good for seventh on the all-time list. Managed in three World Series with the Giants in 02, Astros in 2021 and 22. Of course, won the championship with Houston last season. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Uh, yeah, Wimby Mania. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was still exciting, but I think it was a little bit of a... Still, still, the still an October NBA game, Rod. Yeah, but the, yeah, the, it's almost yeah. like preseason. No, talk about for the women. People didn't care about the game. I don't think anybody even paid attention to the actual game. Nobody talked about. it. Nobody's breaking down NBA action this early. It's the Wimby story that we're talking about. And yeah, him getting in foul trouble early really kind of put a damper on it. That's all. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's been a damper because uh, I think he had like earlier six points and five fouls. <laughs> yeah, he did five fouls. Yeah, uh, five turnovers too. Yeah, uh, of the ball. So yeah, I'm not. No, it's not a young player. On him. He's awesome. I'm just saying, like in terms of the debut, we all thought we see it. You know, I mean, well, I think it's the way, the way say he's going to be awesome, and he's a freak show uh, with his skill set. But Luka Doncic is awesome, right? Wimby's going to be awesome. Luka's a freak. Luka's the real deal. Uh, his last that 8-0 run to end the game, just ridiculous. I mean, he, he hit a big step back three. He had a big dish to. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he just does everything. I yeah. mean, his, his stat line is a triple double, but at the same time, if you watch the the critical moment of that game, he was on full display. He was doing everything. His skill set was, yeah, I agree. doing everything. Uh, but you know, the question for Luca is: Is he in shape enough to go 82 games and be fresh for the postseason? And he and Kyrie Irving are going to be tough to handle. I think they're better defensively. You know, the Mavericks didn't make a big splash move in the offseason except for re-signing Kyrie Irving. Now they've had all offseason with Jason Kidd. Uh, they got to play better defense and they got to rebound better, be tougher. They played a little bit better defense. They did. Last they did. Well, what matter? They did, yeah. and we'll see. Long season. Uh, if you're a Rockets fan, you're like, oh man, we open up in Orlando and lose by 40. Cool. Well, it's right. You're, you're the Rockets. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't shocked. 30, you know, 40. What? What's what, what, I, I guess we thought there's gonna be a 30, new era because 30 they got, point loss. Thanks. Yeah, I thought we thought it'd be a new era of Rockets basketball, but not yet. 30 point loss to start yeah, the season. Still awesome. a lot of the old stuff. A lot of same old, same old. Rod's got a rant coming up. Also, uh, as we said, Gene Watson at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I want to get into this too, Rod, because Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol now. Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold likely to man the ship. And there's, you know, the Cleveland Browns are going to go with P.J. Walker again, as I mentioned. No, I talked about this, man. Yeah, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. No, no. We, we've talked about this though. The the issues with with scoring in the NFL. I think it's might be related to all the quarterbacks. Oh well, yeah, well, I was going to say that there's an issue in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. There's thought. How about this, Rod? Deshaun Watson is getting the the, the whispers in Cleveland are that he just doesn't want to play. Like there's nothing wrong with his shoulder. Like this is kind of Kawhi Leonardish uh, in San Antonio that the all scans, all X-rays, everything on his shoulder are clear. Yet he continues mm. to complain about a sore a sore shoulder. And Kevin Stefanski and he are at odds now. They're winning without him. Of course, he's got the first ever yeah. guaranteed contract in the history of the NFL. Is Deshaun Watson going Kawhi Leonard operation shutdown? That's the question in Cleveland is right now. Is that the this conspiracy theory? Or are we talking about – It's conspiracy. It's okay. 100% Reddit conspiracy rabbit hole. Conspiracy theory. Okay. It's 100% right. non-guaranteed. But, but, that, but, they but they even if you read every story about him – They don't know it, why it says, he's it, out. It says clearly that the medical team in Cleveland, all scans are clear. Okay. But the shoulder continues to be bothersome to Deshaun. Okay. And I won't say he needs a massage, but that is the conversation in Cleveland. Yet the, the, the Browns have one of the best defenses in the league, and they still are winning games. Yeah, and, I mean, comparing to the Kawhi Leonard situation is interesting because you know, Kawhi is an injury-prone guy. Well, the Kawhi thing was he wanted yeah. out. He wanted out of San Antonio. He didn't yeah. want to sign a long-term yeah. deal. He wanted to get to Los Angeles. I mean, the, the, But he the, actually did have an injury. I mean, that was real. But the Spurs were uh, in disagreement with him on that. They thought every scan they did said, there's nothing wrong with your knee, dude. Like, yes. what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean. Why aren't you playing? I guess. When, are you hurt or are you injured? When he went to Toronto, he proved that he could do it. Right, well, because <laughs> he wanted to get to Los Angeles the whole time. And so they sent him to Toronto to get something back, and he still won a championship there, and then he got to Los Angeles, which is where he wanted to be all along. Yeah, that's, Deshaun's not getting out of Cleveland. Deshaun, the, 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 the Reddit rabbit hole speculation yeah. is he just doesn't want to play. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't the, the, the NFL ain't the NBA. You, the players don't have that much power. The quarterback's got a lot of power, but you ain't got that much power. But you he's got a guaranteed contract. Yeah, you ain't forcing a trade because ain't no team going to pick up that contract anyway. Right. And, and so, he just doesn't want to be on – you know, the last time we saw Deshaun, he's trying to he was on get the, Stefanski fired. It's because he knows the team can't get rid of him. He's actually well, no, got that, more that jobs. He doesn't have the stomach to play anymore. Like he just doesn't want to play. That's the Reddit rabbit hole stuff that he's just not in. He doesn't remember the last time we saw Deshaun, or one of the time, last times we saw Deshaun on the field was that game against Pittsburgh, where he had two terrible, terrible uh, turnovers, where Pittsburgh won the game because yeah. of their defense, and he got two personal foul calls on face masks. Just out of frustration. How often does that happen? When was the last time a quarterback got two face mask calls in a game? Okay, can I give you my theory on this? Because we've, we've talked about Deshaun before, and my take was we only the Michael Vick situation is the only situation you can compare it to where a quarterback took that much time off. Yeah. Like just, I mean, he not took time off. He went to prison. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Had that much time away from the game. <laughs> he went to prison. You know what I mean? I was like, federal. He took, he took time prison. off. Yeah, he went to prison. Not took some time off. But he was away from the game for that long, like a two-year span, and then came back and, and trying to replicate somewhat of what they used to be. Remember, Deshaun Watson, before he decides that he didn't want to play for the Texans, and then before the – the civil suits and all the issues, sexual misconduct allegations, all that kind of stuff. He was he was playing top five quarterback football. Great player. Top five in you the You and I NFL. watched it. No one else watched it. Nobody we else watched, watched it. But it is. We can give you stats. He and I give you stats on it, but it was unbelievable. And we just hadn't seen a player in that situation, circumstance. Michael Pick was the only, only kind of example I could think of. But I don't think he was playing at a top five quarterback level whenever he got in trouble. That was playing at that high a level, end up taking having two years away from the game. And – Quarterback, just like any other you know, position in football, any sport, 
Man, taking two years away from it. And I know he was working out. And I know he had private quarterback tutors. And his quarterback, uh, you know, I think he's got a quarterback coach that went on Twitter that went on, that got into it with Brady Quinn because they were talking some trash about uh, Deshaun Watson. But, dude, there's nothing, nothing can simulate live game reps as a quarterback. Nothing can. But here's what I'll say. And I think he, I think his skill set has deteriorated. Eroded because of it. It's deteriorated, yeah. Or his love for the game. Or his love for the game. He could be both. you got to love the game to play the game. It's a hard game, Rod. And there are those in Cleveland whispering that maybe he doesn't love the game anymore. He's, his whole He likes the game persona, like Deion say? You like it? You his like persona it, has been – look, he, got, he was humiliated yes. as a person. Yeah. And now he's trying to come back from that. Uh, and he took a year off. And, and he's got guaranteed money. Guy's got bank. Mm-hmm. Guys, I mean, he got over on the whole thing. And at the end of the day, I, again, that's all speculation. I'm just trying to figure it out where it does it because when I read the reports and hear from Cleveland that Kevin Stefanski would like him to play, but they don't know why he's not playing, and Kevin Stefanski's covering for him, saying, "Well, there's some swelling in the shoulder," you know. But the medical team's like, "He's clear. He's clear. There's nothing wrong with his shoulder." I guess you could make the argument psycho. If we're going psychologically here, and we're not talking about oh, it's his, psychoanalysis. It's 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 in his, yeah, it's between we're his talking ears. about psychoanalysis here. Um, Maybe you're right. Maybe he just he knows he's a villain now. And so we talked we talked about this at the time. We talked about the Astros that they embraced their villainy. That's why they were terrible at home, but they were great on the road because they embrace being villains now. Maybe now that he is officially a villain, people just hate him. That is what ultimately is bothering him because he knows he's hated, even by his own fans. He's hated and despised and considered deplorable and disgusting. And he and just walking around with that scarlet letter. Yeah. Has just it has it's had a psych a devastating psychological effect on him. Yeah, where well, he knows even if he goes, he to doesn't do, look anything like the yeah, player we saw. There's not enough charity work that you can go do that's <laughs> going to be able to you know what I mean wash this stain away. And I you know, obviously in, in the legal system he's still not you know there was no legal issues there was no charges pressed. But just because you were found not guilty doesn't make you innocent. And I think he's having maybe having a tough time with that psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got $250 million in the bank. Thank you very much. Yeah, so Mr. he doesn't need the game. He doesn't need the he game. He doesn't need the game anymore. Doesn't he doesn't need the need game, the game anymore. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's an interesting situation, Follow that. I'm man. just putting it out there because you're starting to hear that because it feels like he's healthy enough to play. But, again, he's not going to play. P.J. Walker is going to play this week in a big game for them in Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Hey, let's go to the Rod's rant of the day. Keep that in mind. We'll get to Gene Watson, bottom of the hour. But right now, Rod's got some great stuff. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, just getting into a couple of stories. I want to talk uh, some Dallas Cowboys here because I saw a story, um, and I believe it's my man Mike Fisher that threw it out there. Oh, first of all, Trevon Diggs had surgery. Apparently, the surgery went really well, so um, he sh- everything's on track for him to be available for 2024. But along those lines, um, Mike Fisher at Fish Sports, uh, he has thrown out there that he has sources – from, he said Sports Illustrated, sources that are telling them the Cowboys love Patrick Sertain. And, I saw this. And that it's possible 
that the Cowboys may be interested enough. Now, we know Jerry Jones said he's not going to be the aggressor and he's not going to reach out, but that could be just Jerry Jones saying stuff. I mean, honestly, behind the scenes, that could be something different happening altogether. Um, but he's reporting uh, the Cowboys. An NFL source tells CowboysSportsIllustrated.com uh, they, they absolutely love Patrick Sertain uh, and that Dallas Cowboys, uh, Cowboys are potentially one of the teams that could – make a move on Patrick Sertain because they love him. He said, yeah, definitely. Sertain said, uh, in regarding to his future, he said he plans on being in Denver for a long time. But now, while the trade deadline is looming, one of the reports that have come out is that Patrick Sertain may be available for a trade. Uh, the rumors are the Broncos are going to listen to trade inquiries on Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, uh, Garrett Bowles, the offensive lineman, uh, the linebacker, Josie, uh, I think his name is Jewel, uh, safety, Justin Simmons, and, yes, Patrick Sertain. That comes from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. Uh, the Mike Fisher report is separate from that. So you had separate reports. One is that Patrick Sertain could be available. Uh, another report from Cowboys Country saying the Cowboys love them some Patrick Sertain. Not saying it's going to happen, but Trevon Diggs, he's just dealing with the surgery. Yes, he's you know going to be back next season. But we know guys coming off of surgeries, whether you're talking about a Michael Gallup or a Tony Pollard, they usually don't come back gangbusters at first. Got to give them a little time. And I think we can, based on the Cowboys' recent injuries to skilled players, Gallup and Tony Pollard, I don't know, maybe you can project that Trevon Diggs may have some struggles early on coming back off of that injury. If that's going to be the case, Maybe a long-term answer at corner instead of Stephon Gilmore is kind of your stopgap corner back there. Uh, maybe Patrick Sertain could be that guy you could trade for. That's out there. That's throwing. Well, that's in Cowboys say, country. But also, I thought that Deron Bland has the lowest passer rating allowed by any cornerback yeah. <laughs> right now in the league. So you got a really young cornerback you like, and they may decide, you know what, we don't need to go that route. Two too. things on that. I'm not sure why Sean Payton in year one would want to trade a, a franchise corner who they drafted in the top ten just a couple of years ago. I think he's that good. Uh, but maybe, you know, he's ready to clean house. I think that would be a bad move. He wants his quarterback, and he knows I need assets and draft picks to get him. That's probably why. Yeah. That he wants to – and he's got a – speaking of guaranteed contracts and big money, Sean Payton is as secure as any coach in the league right now. Yeah. He's making $18 million a year to coach yeah. the Broncos, and he just got there. He's going to get to do it his way. But I also know this. When Patrick Sertain came out, the, the Cowboys would have drafted Patrick Sertain over Micah Parsons. Just know that. The Cowboys drafted 12th that year, and they were eyeing either J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain. Yeah. And by all accounts, they had Sertain as the highest-rated defensive player on their board over Micah Parsons, and both of those guys went before they drafted. Interesting. Uh, went 8-9. Mm -hmm. uh, J.C. Horn went to the Carolina Panthers. The Denver Broncos at 9 took uh, Patrick Sertain, and the Cowboys picked 12 and took Micah Parsons. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Sertain was what they were looking for right there. And they, that, so that makes sense to me. There's some meat on that bone. To me, yeah. because once you covet that player, you don't get them. They stay now, high you, on your board they all stay the high, time. They, stay they always stay high on your board. They always stay they high on your and, board. And in your mind. And remember, that was a year where the number one, the, the first defensive player didn't go off the board until eight, and that was J.C. Horn. Mm. Ever, the first seven picks were offensive players. Three quarterbacks, then Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and Penny Sewell were all drafted. It's a good draft. Uh, it was a great draft. It's a good draft. Trevor Lawrence was the first pick. And that's a good then draft. Then let's, let's forget about Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Those were two hey, and three. But then, that's all right. Then great Can't players. Be perfect. But the first defensive player was J.C. Warren. But if you remember, the Cowboys were hopeful that one of those DBs would fall to them. When it didn't, they took next best player available on defense, and it turned out to be Damn. Michael Parsons. Think about this. So the only – 
bad picks in that what top ten there. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Yeah. The 49ers have been knocking on the door of winning a Super Bowl for the last three, four years, and that draft pick would have easily put them on the top of any of those great players, any of those great players up there uh, in the top ten, other than Trey Lance. And the Jets had one of the best rookie classes actually ever because they had the rookie of the year on offense and defense, and they could have <laughs> yeah. been even better actually right now in terms of being just a quarterback away if they had any other player other than Zach Wilson out there. That's yeah. interesting. Hey, yes. Zach Wilson's been wow. balling. He actually's been playing better. He's been playing much better. Well, now they're just playing they're playing ball control defensive football. They're not they're making his job really easy, but he is you're right, he's playing much it, much it's, better. It's fair to say that entire organization was shell-shocked when Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play of the of the who could have imagined. Yeah. That's like a Shakespearean tragedy that you finally acquire this quarterback who's going to be your best quarterback since Joe Namath and four plays into the season He's done. You know what I mean? In fact, you're cursed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and for a couple of weeks, I think they were just kind of shocked by the whole thing, and now they're kind of settling in, and they're, they're actually a decent football team. Uh, but, yeah, uh, by the way, the player ahead drafted at Michael Parsons was Devontae Smith, who's a pretty good player yeah. in Philadelphia. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Justin Fields was also drafted one pick ahead of the Cowboys ad, and they took Parsons. All right. So, so I, I would give – quarter, Quarterbacks are the hardest to position to project and evaluate. They can tell right there. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, good stuff in Rod's rant. Yeah, keep an eye on that. The, the trade deadline is Tuesday, Rod. Mm-hmm. Tuesday is your deadline. Uh, Derrick Henry's name has been mentioned out there. We'll yeah. see. But, man, Patrick's retain would make sense. Right, because your Eagles, the Eagles in that division, they just made a move to get the best sa- one of the best safeties uh, in the league. Because the Sertain thing would be someone you've coveted for, for a while now, yep. and you would – Address an injury issue. Address an injury issue yeah. in your secondary to allow Micah Parsons to get after quarterbacks. And then next year when Stephon Gilmore is gone, most likely, Boom. now you got Sertain and Diggs as Ooh, your top two corners. And Bland as your nickel. Oh, man. Exactly. With those safeties, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's – you're cooking with grease then. Yeah. Now. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We will uh, talk to Gene Watson. He is our baseball insider now with the Chicago White Sox. He's uh, you know, the assistant general manager of the, of the, the Pale Hose. Yeah. We'll talk to him about the World Series, preview the big one. If you're a Ranger fan, you want to hear this. Astros, who's going to replace Dusty Baker? Some thoughts on Dusty and his legacy in the game. We'll also go bullish or BS before the end of the hour. Let's talk about with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hulk Come Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. All right, uh, pretty, pretty large line of storms moving through Austin this morning. And actually, if you're driving 35 south to San Antonio or driving north to Dallas, you're going to drive in the rain today. There's a long line of storms making their way from the uh, southwest to the northeast. And... Uh, Going to be wet. Going to be wet on your commute. Don Miller will be along with your traffic, so be careful out there. Really hard to avoid it right now. Uh, heavy, heavy lines of storms moving through on this Thursday morning. For the top of the hour, we'll play some bullish or BS. We're talking uh, plenty of Texas football. The big Ryan Wingo commitment. Rod's got some good stuff. Watched a lot of film on the five-star receiver out of St. Louis, Missouri that committed to Texas yesterday. Uh, got that plus getting ready for the BYU game. But the World Series starts tomorrow night. Yes, sir. The, who would have predicted the Diamondbacks and Rangers when this all began, even into the postseason? And uh, today at 11 o'clock, Dusty Baker will announce his retirement from baseball after, gosh, 50-plus years in the game. Uh, one of the great managers, and of course, won a championship with Houston last year. With that in mind, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and talk to our baseball insider, one of our great friends. He is a, uh, a Legends in Scouting Award winner. He's a two-time world champion, currently the director of player personnel for the Chicago White Sox, our friend Gene Watson. Gino, how are you? 
Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing Great. good. Doing good. It's the World Series. I know you. Uh, I told Rod, and he didn't know this, that you're. you're I believe this is right. Your first job in professional baseball was with the Texas Rangers, right? Working in the clubhouse there. Yeah, I actually lived in the stadium my first year. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you live there? Long time you live there, like Baker Mayfield. I, oh yeah, I lived. I so when I got the job, I got I got hit in the face playing against TCU, and my playing career was over. And three days later, the Rangers called and offered me a job in the clubhouse, and I had nowhere to live because the season was ending and the athletic dorm was closing down. And so they said, "Live in the clubhouse." So I lived in the food room, and from time to time, I would get woken up by the lights coming on, and it was Secret Service, and GW Bush would come in from running the stadiums in the morning because his dad was president and so i tell everybody that, that gw bush used to be my wake-up call every morning so those were uh, those were amazing times I, I i will never uh not cherish those times and the players that were around those teams during them what a story gosh that dang that great. is awesome gene uh and now here you are uh you know twice a world champion and legends in scouting and the, the love of baseball just oozes out of every comment you make but i uh, have to be proud of this rangers team i mean uh, bruce bochi was the perfect hire uh, the great mix of uh, veterans and, and money spent and free agency, but uh, young players as well, homegrown talent. This is a heck of a ball club put together by Chris Young. Well, and you know what? That's where it begins, and, and Chris was a part of our world championship team in 2015, and to know him is to know first the competitor he is. And This is a guy that you know was a two-sport star out of Highland Park High School, went to Princeton, uh, could have played in the NBA. The Rangers, when the Rangers drafted him, he got double A. He actually had an out in his deal to go play in the NBA, and Sacramento was going to sign him, and the Rangers gave him a second signing bonus. And just an unbelievable uh, competitor. And he set the expectations from day one. Uh, you know, when they when they had their initial meeting in um, Surprise, Arizona. He set the expectations. We are here to win a world championship. And, uh, and that just that coupled with Bruce Bochy, who I was with in 1998 when we got swept by the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, my former boss, uh, former uh, president of the Kansas City Royals, Dayton Moore, uh, who was a part of the Atlanta Braves, 14 years of winning and our two World Series. So they just had a great recipe of guys that knew the blueprint, knew what the commitment level was, to try to win a world championship and they went all in and they, and they made deals at the deadline for Jordan Montgomery. And, and it's just been a perfect storm of just competition over process and finance. And when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's why they're in the World Series today. Hey, Gino, Ken, you know, this World Series uh, matchup was just so <clears> unlikely. Um, I saw a stat that the D-backs and the Rangers each lost 100-plus games in 2021. That's the most and the second most losses two years prior to a World Series appearance, <laughs> which is just <clears> crazy. Uh, is there something happening in Major League Baseball that – is now going to make these types of stories possible? Or are we just talking about two outliers here that happen to be, you know, happening in the same season here? Two incredible outliers that absolutely did it a different way. And good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, a commitment's a commitment. And 
Arizona has done this mostly with the draft. Uh, Corbin Carroll was a first-round pick out of a Seattle high school. He's going to be the rookie of the year. This young man is going to win multiple Most Valuable Player awards. I mean, he is a star. Uh, Alec Thomas uh, was a draft. You go around the, the – I mean, uh, Brandon Fott was a draft. They've just done a great job of, of drafting well. And then and then going out and getting guys like Gabriel Marino and Zach Galen and signing uh, Merrill Kelly – uh, back from the Pacific Rim. And so they've kind of done it a little bit differently than Texas did it, you know, going out and signing Cody Bellinger and trading for Jordan Montgomery. And and so it's been kind of two different paths to get to where they are and truly two different styles of play. You've got the Rangers that are just a, a tremendous offense, uh, and they and they can beat you so many different ways where Arizona's going to be more old school. They're going to put the game in motion. They're going to steal a high number of bags. It's going to be really important for Texas to do whatever they can do to try to control the running game because Arizona's got more stolen bases in the in postseason every other team combined, and that's their style of play. And so that's going to be really important for you know to Texas to try to control that running game and, and, and shut them down as much as they can on the base path. Agreed. They don't hit a lot of home runs, Gino. I mean, in a day and age of home runs, and the Rangers hit a ton of them. Uh, Astros fans know that very well now. Uh, couldn't keep them in the yard much in that series uh, that they came in and won. But uh, they were, the Diamondbacks steal a lot of bases. They put a lot of, a lot of you know, balls in the gap, runners in motion. And I said this to Rod, that if you, you, know, you don't want to play from behind against the Diamondbacks because once they get a lead, as you saw in Philadelphia for back-to-back games, that bullpen may not know their names, but, man, they can really lock you down for the final uh, you know, six, eight, you know, 12 outs of a baseball game. That's been the – that's probably been – the bigger surprise uh, and, and really a big reason why they're here. We played them the last week of the season and they, and they came in here in Chicago. It was literally my first day on the job and, and they swept us and Pedro Grafal, our manager, you know, we would go to dinner that night. And he goes, Hey man, I'm going to tell you right now, Arizona may go to the world series. And it's like, come on, man. He's like, I'm telling you, they may go to the world series. And so he's, he's feeling good about that right now, but that's really been Andrew Southrank, uh, who's going to be huge for, the Diamondbacks in this series was a, a kid that's got more appearances in the postseason than he did uh, in the major leagues in all of 2023. And so he's kind of the guy that's come in power arm, great breaking ball. That's kind of neutralized all the left-handed hitters and did an unbelievable job uh, with the Philadelphia left-handed hitters. Uh, and, and so that's been a, a big key. Uh, Kevin Ginkle, who's kind of just bounced around, you know, within the organization, um, has really turned into a power reliever. Um, and then they go get Paul Seawald at the deadline from Seattle, and that's their closer. And so they, they, it's kind of been their secret weapon. Again, contrary to the Rangers, that the bullpen's kind of been the weakness all year long. They've kind of really struggled to, to find their way. And, and uh, uh, Zabors has been great. Chapman feels like he's settling in. But, but, but uh, Bochy's commitment to the starters really going deep in the games and trying to take as much pressure as they can off the bullpen has been a huge reason why they're there as well. So two varying styles, uh, the way the teams play, and it's going to make for an interesting series. And, you know, uh, a question about Bruce Bochy, if, you know, him not trying to jinx the Rangers or anything, but if they end up winning the World Series, and I believe they are favored, um, where's Bruce Bochy um, in the – 
kind of the, the pantheon of all-time great managers, these managers of the modern era, uh, because he's, he's 6-0, and I believe, in winner-take-all uh, uh, scenarios, most by any manager. Uh, he's reached the World Series as a young manager, a younger manager, and now as an older manager. Uh, what are your thoughts about Bruce Bochy and where, if they can win the World Series, where he stands uh, all-time? My gosh. My gosh, man. He, I worked for, with Bruce for three years, and – we went from worst to first in 97, 98 and played in the World Series. And just a, such a calming presence uh, and, and a guy that uh, you have enough individual conversations with him and you figure out really quick, this is not somebody you want to mess with. And so that's where the respect from the players comes from. Um, and he was a very good player. You know, he was a catcher, a great baseball mind. Um, but just such a calming presence. And, and his greatest strength is that he sees the game through the player's eyes. And, and when there's a difficult conversation, uh, for instance, a player not getting enough playing time, that, and, and he comes in the offices and shuts the door, you know, Bruce is really soothing in the fact that he'll go, look, I understand where you're coming from, and, and I respect it, but, but this is what we believe for this team, and these are the reasons why, and, and I've made this decision. And there's really no second-guessing or arguing. And he gives all the glory to the players. He sees the game through their eyes. And people people just – it's amazing to me, uh, 2010, 12, and 14, to win three world championships in five years. It's, it's tr- in this time, it's, it's a free agency and, and, and the draft lottery and, and, and international. It's to be able to do something like that. It's truly amazing, and I don't think enough will be made of it until his career is over. But make no mistake, this is not the end of the Texas Rangers. They have a very good chance of winning the World Series this year, and they have a chance to win multiple world championships in the next two to three years. I think the young talent, Josh Young, the seven Carter, has been a revelation for them uh, coming up to go with all the uh, the top-end talent they already had. Hey, Gene, Gene Watson, Director of Player Personnel, Chicago White Sox now. Uh, the Astros will have a press conference. Hey, Dusty Baker will uh, ride off into the sunset, and what an illustrious career. Quick thought on Dusty, and then who you might think is uh, the right fit for Houston moving forward. Well, my gosh, I love Dusty. You know, I interviewed for that general manager's job twice, and the last time – uh, last uh, d- December and January, Dusty and I, uh, you know, we had multiple conversations. W- what a great human being. <clears throat> I mean, Hall of Fame manager, <clears throat> 2,000 wins, uh, three World Series, two World Championships. Uh, I can't wait to see if Dusty wears the wristbands when he's on television now because, t- <laughs> trust me, he's, had, he's headed for the TV booth. And, and, and hopefully he'll put those wristbands on and, and chew the toothpick. But just such a wonderful guy. And, and, and when you look at – um, you know, Boach and, and Dusty, it's just a testimony to that, you know, experience matters and wisdom matters. And, and it's great to have great processes and great analytics and great grain planning. And it's all encompassing and all important. But the wisdom of what a person like that brings to the dugout is, is truly important. And I think we've seen that this offseason. But, but Houston, I mean, the, the benefit that they do have is there's, there's a number of great managerial candidates out there. Jose Espada has been a guy that they've interviewed before. Jason Veritek in Boston. Uh, Will Venable with the Texas Rangers is is a rising star when it comes to uh, to managerial candidates. Uh, uh, Nick Hunley, another uh, rising star. So they're going to – I'm sure it's going to be an extensive search, uh, and they're going to make the right call. I mean, Jim Crane, Jeff Bagwell, Dana Brown, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll make the right decision for Houston moving forward. 
Gene, I know you have a meeting at the top of the hour, so we'll let you go. We appreciate it, my friend. Hopefully we can check in with you as this series progresses and uh, hoping the best for the Texas Rangers moving forward. And uh, thanks for the visit this morning. Okay, guys, great. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, you know. Gene Watson, there you go. There's your awesome. lay of the land. Two Man. teams have done it differently, but they're both outliers. And, of course, Gene's won twi- twice uh, world championships with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, was with the uh, Marlins back in the day. The Braves, everywhere Gene goes, they win. So if you're a White Sox fan, uh, be excited of uh, the future uh, because now he's in Chicago. Love that uh, little nugget he dropped about the Diamondbacks. So they got more stolen bases in the playoffs than every team combined. Yeah, they, they don't hit home runs, Rod. Yeah, they run they put bases, players in huh? motion, and they, they got athletes yeah. and uh, contact hitters and then good pitching that, as he said, has kind of come together late. So the new rules have kind of helped, helped them a lot. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. And I, we ran out of time, but I wanted to ask him about Ivan Melendez because remember the lifetime That's Longhorn, right. Ivan Melendez is making his way through that organization, Hispanic, hit a bunch of home runs Titanic, this year. Baby. He could be a part of that core of that franchise moving forward. Rangers have a really good core right now. We'll come back. When we do some bullish or BS, I'll get you my thoughts. I want your thoughts on my opinion on uh, Davo Swinney, Rod, because i got a bone to pick with the Clemson head coach, plus this Michigan scandal. Longhorns get Ryan Wingo. Plenty to do on a Thursday. Glad you're with us. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, come see Rod and I tonight, uh, 5 to 7. If it's a home game on Saturday, we're out on Thursday nights giving away college football tickets and other great prizes, having fun with our friends at Bud Light and Brown Distributing. We'll be out south, Dot Rod, out by your neck of the woods. That's right. Backspin Bar and Grill on Slaughter Lane. Been there a few times. Just east of Mopac. I mean, just east of Mopac. It's right oh, there. Yeah. Slaughter Lane, backspin. That's where we'll be tonight, 5 to 7. We'll be uh, on the air with Patrick Davis in the Sports Complex, talking Longhorn football. Of course, Sark will have a media availability this morning. Uh, 11 o'clock is weekly Zoom, so we'll be talking about that and what he has to say about Malik Murphy and Arch Manning and all that's going on. And we'll be out there for a couple hours having a good time with you. Uh, so come on out. That's like uh, you can almost walk from your house there or run. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really close. It's probably less than like two miles or something like yeah, that from man. the crib. So, uh, yeah, going to be uh, looking forward to that. It's a nice spot, though. It's a, it's a nice little low-key spot. You want to watch some, some games. Get ready some for the food. Thursday nighter. Yeah. Uh, come on out to Backspin. We'll be hanging out there. My man Patrick Davis of the Sports Complex having a good time with him. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that's tonight, 5 to 7, so come on out. And remember, on Saturday, we'll be out at the Mockingbird Saloon downtown on Guadalupe, right there by, camp- right by campus, getting you ready for Texas and BYU. We'll have more on that big commitment of Ryan Wingo coming up. But Rod and Bullish or BS? It's time for Bullish and BS. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. We got, uh, I want to play this for you because okay. I'm not real happy with Dabo Swinney. You know my thoughts on Dabo. I think he's, he's fading as a coach. He's not evolving with the sport. He complains about it. Last week, he took heat from Clemson fans because he was talking about how – because Clemson is, is not the program they once were, right? They're sliding. They're 4-3 and three now after their loss to Miami last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're an average team in the ACC from the, the, the mountaintop that they fell. It's a very similar trajectory to your guy, Mac Brown, right? They're starting yep. to slide. He built that program, actually, replicating it. Mac Brown's formula. Yeah. Just so you know. And now he's sliding. He, didn't, he doesn't really like the transfer portal thing. He's not big into NIL. He's, and he complains about it uh, instead of evolving with it. And then last week he kind of called out his own fans and said, maybe we need the bandwagon to be a little lighter. Maybe we need the bandwagon to be a little lighter because like almost calling his fans fair weather who have just expect them to play great football. Uh, Man, come on, man. What are you doing, dude? Well, then this one really bothers me. This one really bothers me. Uh, So at the end of the game, they lost in double overtime to Miami last Saturday. And the former Westlake Chaparral, his starting quarterback, Cade Klubnick, made a mistake. Mm -hmm. They were at the goal line in double overtime. It was supposed to be a running play. Uh, kind of an RPO look, and uh, Cade Klubnick kept it, 
tried to get to the outside and beat the corner to the pylon, and the corner for Miami was too fast and, you know, got tackled for a loss. That's how the game ended. Now listen to Dabo Swinney in the postgame. Did he defend his player? Did he take the bullet for his player, or did he throw his player under the bus? Let's hear Dabo Swinney after the Clemson's latest loss to Miami. No, it was a handoff, 100%. And we had a handoff. Just pulled it. I got no answer. You know, I mean, <laughs> just trying to do too much. You know, and uh, so the RPO is a, it's a give, and we just didn't do it. Right, made a lot so of players. There is the wow. All right, so there's Davos Winnie. Wow. Uh, you know, you make this guy's on a ten-year, hundred and fifteen million dollar contract, Rod. His job is to take the bullets for his players, not stand there and air out his player in front of everybody. If you want to air out Cade Klubnik in a, in a quarterback room or in a team meeting after the game in private, go ahead. Uh, Cade Klubnik made a mistake, uh, but to go public like that, mm. uh, this guy's losing it. This guy's losing it. I have a big problem with that, Rod. Are you bullish or BS on my side of this argument? Yeah, that's that's a bunch of BS. I'm bullish on your side, but it's BS on his part because there are ways to hint, to imply that that happened without just straight up saying it and throwing him under the bus. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, what I mean, you can you can you can hint that you know, hey, we were he was that was he he was uh, obviously you know, on a different pace, and we were offensively. Uh, you can hint that uh, we got to work on some things. We got to get back to the basics because um, they, you know miscommunications are happening, mental errors, breakdowns. But you don't have to call out the guy specifically. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never heard Dabo actually go that route. He's said a lot of crazy things recently. I don't think he's going around just throwing players under the bus. Publicly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that's rare. And you know why? He's because he's frustrated because they're losing and the program is yeah. slipping. And to go public, like, I mean, look, he made a kid made a mistake. I mean, it happens. It's a football game. That's wild. Uh, and it was a big mistake. I mean, there's no question. No one's going to sit here and defend Cade Klubnik that he was trying to do too much, which he kind of kind of catch himself at the end. But come on, man. Come on, man. That's your, it's a team that's, loss, that's coach. Your, that's your that's your lead. That's your team leader, <laughs> right? That's the guy that's at a, the face of your team as a, at the quarterback position, and you just throwing him under the bus. And again, you're on a ten year, and you've earned that 115 million dollar contract. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but that's what you make the money for is to own that. It's a crack uh, in the armor. You got you're starting to see it slip. Yeah, that's another. They're I think four it's and three crack. now. Yeah. Uh, and and you know what? He's never been. He hasn't been here in a long time. Attitude reflects leadership in my mind, and uh, it's sliding. And I don't think he's handled it very well. I didn't like that at all. I, we, you know, it's been so busy this week with all the Texas talk and whatnot. But I didn't. I wanted to get to that. I, I hadn't heard that sound actually. That's wow. uh, that's not okay. It's in a dang my opinion, coaching for mistake a coach right there. To, he didn't say his name, but everybody who obviously knew who he was. Who Come on, about? man. Come on, man. Uh, our quarterback screwed it up. Is essentially what he said right there. These yeah. aren't professionals. Now they're making NIL dollars, but not a nicer kid than Cade Klubnik. Made a mistake. Air them out behind the scenes if you need to. Correct the mistakes. Own the loss. Okay. You're the head coach. Yep. All right, we'll take your thoughts on that. Also, speaking of head coaches, is Michigan, how much hot water is Michigan in? And I have an idea of what Michigan should do or the Big Ten should do immediately uh, to protect their brand and protect, you know, maybe even Michigan. Uh, also, Rod's got a, a Behind the Burn Orange Curtain coming up next hour. Yes, sir. Get to the headlines. The Lawhorns land their third five-star commitment, national commitment, yesterday in a, in a bit of a surprise. We'll get you details coming next.